What's happening, everybody? This is Adi from Gate 7 International, rolling solo right now, excited on this Sunday. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it is anxiety-fueled, but we're going to get there. There is quite a few things to chat about. Pumped to talk with you guys. Love the check-ins. Please continue to check in. Some of you guys are already doing it. Nick, Mano, Buño, and of course, the guy who made the music for that intro that gets my heart moving every time I hear it. Gus Drax, what's up, my friend? So guys, we have a lot to chat. Can't wait to do it, but a couple things we got to get out of the way first. First and foremost, you guys that are tuning in now, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to get to hit that like button. Every engagement helps the show find more and more Olympiacos fans, red and white fans abroad. Help us continue to grow the community so that this continue to be the biggest and best community ever for Olympiacos. A couple of words from our sponsors. If you guys have any needs going into Greece for shipping, whether it's coming in from the United States, the UK, you name it, these guys can do it. Piraeus International, give them a call, 410-675-4696, or visit their website at www.piraeusintl.com. Com. And of course, for the betting guys there, we have a promo code from BetUS. If you like to gamble, you can do sports betting with us as the season kicks off with some of the Champions League qualifiers and Europa League qualifiers that we're in. We're going to run betting cards just like we did before, and you'll be able to bet with us. We will be blending some of the analytics with the, the bet card so that we can try and help you make the best bets that you can. BetUS.com.pa. The promo code is GATE7INTL in all caps. And when you set up the account with BetUS, you will get a 125% deposit boost on your first deposit. So you can turn $100 bucks into $225. Bucks. They accept credit cards and crypto as well. Always remember to gamble responsibly. So it's people continuing to check in. Uh, guys, thank you again so much for tuning in. There are quite a few things that we need to get through. A couple of quick announcements, though, for you. Some um, uh, housekeeping, as it were. First and foremost, guys, we talked to you in the past. We've gotten opinions from you from on social media and in other shows. Patreon. Patreon is going to be rolling soon. It's official. We are moving forward with Patreon. A lot of you guys... Every week, almost every other day, there's people in our DMs asking how they can support the show. A lot of you don't like to go through YouTube. Uh, YouTube takes fees. We understand that. And a lot of people have just asked how they can give us money. We don't like to take it for nothing. So Patreon seems like the best way for us to give you something for those of you that do want to contribute. So we are going to be uh, launching the Patreon. The official page will be up shortly uh maybe a couple weeks max we're still work working out the merchandise situation but there's going to be three tiers as it is uh we're probably going to do as it looks like a one a five and a ten dollar a month um again just for those that want to uh, continue to support us there's a lot of things that we want to do that in order to do that we need a little bit more money to do more equipment better equipment so that we can give you live game day footage, be better about recording at the stadium, things like that. So in order to get that type of equipment, we're trying to find ways to do that. And this is one of the ways that a lot of you have wished to support. So we're, we're working on this and nothing that we do on Patreon is going to take away from the core content of the show. We promise that the stuff that will be on Patreon will not take away from game day. We're not going to move anything there. Deep dives won't go there. All of that will continue to be publicly available. The things that will be on Patreon will be 
maybe some additional breakdowns of games. Uh, we're gonna, we're thinking of doing interviews as well. We actually have a few lined up already. Interviews that are outside of the world of Olympiacos, maybe other teams, players, just things for, for those that are giving us the support, extra content for you that doesn't take away from the normal Olympiacos content. We still are going to give you guys day by day. Plus the uh, the the final tier will be a merchandise tier that will be able to get you some official Gate 7 International merchandise down the road. So look out on socials for that. If you have suggestions for Patreon, suggestions that you think we can offer, please, our DMs are open. You can tag us, DM us, email us. Any and all suggestions are welcome. And lastly, I've already gotten a couple DMs about it. We're going to talk about the new signing that's coming, but as you guys may have seen, uh, there's already been pictures and videos at the airport. The new center back, left-footed center back, Nicolas Freire, has arrived in Athens. He was at the airport. We're expecting the signing to be announced tomorrow, if not later. Uh, or actually, sorry, yeah, tomorrow. It's late evening in Greece. I always forget that. But the deep dive will be available. We're going to be dropping that tomorrow. All of the profiles are done. The stats have been pulled. The film has been watched. I will be recording that later tonight so that you guys can see that tomorrow and you can all have the first look at the analytics, the data analysis, the player analysis of Nicolas Freire, uh, who is going to be coming in on loan from Pumas uh, Unam in uh, Mexico, from Liga, Liga MX, that is. So as always with the deep dives, guys, I will have my opinions in there, but the purpose of the deep dives is to give you everything about the player so you can form your own opinion whether or not you agree with me is a different scenario but i try to go and get everything about the player in these deep dives hope you like i hope you've liked the ones that we've done so far provides more context about the players coming in uh maybe it makes you more negative maybe it doesn't but maybe we can help get you the insight that you need for these players and if you have suggestions for the deep dives they're always welcome they're always welcome. Uh, we actually, here's a suggestion from Mono, and I've gotten the suggestion before. Uh, shorter version, not so difficult to wash. Uh, you need time to observe all the stats. Um, oh, I feel the views are not enough for your work. I appreciate that, Mono. Uh, that is something I'm working on. I am trying to keep them in the future. I'm trying to keep some of the deep dives maybe under 15 minutes, and that's what I'm going to work on starting with the one tonight. Uh, but this is why we kind of take some of the stats that come from the, the videos and put them on social media. It's something that's more easily digestible, but that's something that we're working on and we'll continue to evaluate and evolve with that going forward. Now, lastly, guys, before we get into the core content today, it goes without saying, on behalf of the entire podcasting team, show team of Gate 7 International, all of our prayers are with everyone that's affected by the wildfires in Greece. Last week, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure that's still going on. Wildfires around Athens. Now there's wildfires and roads that are causing mass evacuations. People were stuck for a while. All of our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that's there. I hope everybody gets out safe. I mean, I was in Rodo a couple of years ago, it felt like. Or sorry, actually, it's, it's almost five years ago. And it's a beautiful island. Beautiful. One of my favorite places to visit. I hope everyone's able to recover. I hope that everyone stays safe. Everyone's able to get out. Horrible situation, yearly situation. 
Um, so our, our prayers with everybody moving forward, hopefully that everybody can uh, rebuild following all of these events, which is are you unfortunately yearly occurrences. So now guys, without further ado, going to jump into the, the meat of it. You guys have a lot of questions. They're already coming in. Uh, Gus Drax, would you like to share with us your opinion about the player? Uh, we're going to get into him a little bit later and I'll discuss a little bit more about him then, but for the, for my full opinion on the player, the deep dive will come out. I'll share a little bit, give you a little bit of a teaser later. Uh, look at my eyes, DC. The good thing about all the low knees this season is that we don't have to get rid of them next season. I think we have enough players to get rid of for multiple seasons ahead, but this is something we're going to touch us. Lucky's <laughs> got last. Oh, you're killing me, man. Can you give a preview? Is Freire slower than Bukalakis or Ibora? <laughs> you guys, you guys kill me. You guys kill me. Uh, we're gonna get into that. I'll get into all of that on the deep dive. And like I said, I'll give you guys a little bit of a teaser later. But let's jump into let's jump into the show because we've got quite a few things to, to discuss here. First and foremost, we've got the new names, the new cuts from Diego Martinez. Now, these are the, the three players that I'm going to talk about, we brought up in a blog that was done by myself and Costa. Costa with a C, that is. And the blog, if you guys haven't checked it out, go to the website, gates7international.com. We, we kind of talked about news and now that the insiders aren't getting as much information, we're not getting those almost nightly midnight releases from Nikos Kotsis at Todeca. We're not getting a lot of this information anymore from, from guys like him or Nikola Kopoulos on the radio. A lot of it is kind of just copy-paste or information coming from Spain or somewhere else. So the discussion has been how do we sift through the news? And – this is brought in with these three players because we saw the most recent cuts, three players, Zimmer Butuzzi, Philip Zinkernagel, and Pepe. A lot of fake news surrounding them. Uh, more like the context really isn't, isn't true, even though the situation may be correct. Starting with Zimmer Butuzzi, he was the only out-and-out winger we really had from the previous set of roster cuts. And he's been deemed unnecessary for the for our needs for the current season. I thought he looked pretty good in the preseason of what we saw in the friendlies. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, we're going to be looking to move him on. If we do sell him, it's not going to be for a big fee, obviously. I don't I don't think unless we get some kind of sell-on. Uh, but we do need cash for for what I expect will be a very, very, very busy August. Kind of talking about the the fake news regarding players like this, we brought up, I believe it was a, a, like almost two weeks ago now, there was an article saying that he was in Turkey about to sign utter nonsense, especially a lot of this news if it's coming out of Turkey. Take it with a grain of salt. The guy signed a three-and-a-half-year contract from us last season in January. So he's only been with us for about six months. Three-and-a-half-year contract. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him loaned out. It, or maybe it's a low purchase with a with a buyout kind of similar to the the Nikola Chumich uh, issue that we've been looking at that we may actually get paid for after leaving on a free. The we'll see how this pans out, but as it as it stands right now, he is not in the plans under Diego Martinez for the current season. So we're going to keep an eye. We'll we'll continue to give you the latest with this. Uh, 
another another individual that's part of this is going to be uh, Philip Zinkernagel. Philip Zinkernagel has been hotly discussed by us. We've been talking about him on socials. You guys have been talking about him. There's a lot of fake news that has been surrounding the context of this. The situation is correct. Diego Martinez is not counting on him for the season. We know that. But some of the context around this is completely either misinformed or it's just completely uh, incorrect. He is not counted on Martinez. We do know this. But some of the rest is... I don't know how to say it, guys. It's 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 nonsense. The I don't believe for a second he's going to Turkey. None of you should either. If he's going anywhere, it's going to be going back to Belgium. He loved it there. He made it clear he wants to stay there. That's probably where he's going to end up. Regardless who makes the deal with, maybe it's Standard Liège or Club Bruges. We know that he's been linked with them already, but that's probably where he's going to end up. You heard it here. Regarding his work ethic, which has been questioned a lot in media, utter nonsense. Bear in mind, I know this, we we brought this up on social media. It was brought up on other shows or on another, a previous show, I should say. Media is only able to see about 15 to 20 minutes per session. It's not like previous summer trainings and summer preseasons where they were there the whole time. Don't believe that. This player, everybody that's talked to us has told us how much of a professional he is. He's a true professional. It's what everybody says. Good personality, positive, trains well, not a problem for coaches. Do I believe that maybe he wants to leave? Yes, I would believe that 100%. Do I believe that he's lazy? Absolutely not. This is just another one of those incidences where the situation is correct, but the context is just completely nonsense. Unfortunately, this leaves another opening in the winger position. So we'll see what happens, but we just have more and more and more signings that we're going to have to make come August. Um, Now, the third name on the list was Pepe Rodriguez. I'm not going to spend any time talking about him. He never wanted to be here. He's moving on. He wants to be in Portugal, wants to be in Spain. He has talent, but what are you going to do with a guy that doesn't want to be a part of the system? He doesn't want to be in Greece. It is what it is. So we're not going to spend any more time on that. And to give us his own opinions on this, we are joined. My good friend and co-host, Gosas Llanos, has made it. He is here to join me to save me from having to do all of this by myself. Gosta, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Adi? Thank you for having me. Oh, no. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. My my mouth is already starting to dry up. It's These solo things, are it's tough stuff, man. Tough stuff. And uh, a lot to get through. But we talked about the newest names on the cut sheet. Zimer Butuzzi, Philip Zinkernagel, Pepe. Uh, I talked about kind of the the situation, the context with the situations, how some of the news around them has been correct or incorrect. Um, what do you make of these three cuts? Obviously, there's probably not much to say about Pepe, but Philip Zinkernagel, Zimer Butuzzi, we don't have a lot of options at wing as it is. Now we cut two options, one who was really the only true out-and-out winger that we had. What do you make of this, Costa? Give us your opinion. Uh, regarding the players that are the newest to be cut. Well, I mean, first of all, sorry about the delay, guys. I thought that uh, the 15 minutes I would miss, I would basically be sponsors, but I was wrong. It's a new day at Gate 7 International, new season, new day. Uh, as When it comes to Pepe, you've said it all. I mean, <laughs> this guy has been a flop since day one. Uh, very weird one, though, because Pedro Martins, I seem to remember reading, was 
pretty big on him. He came over and there was absolute zero. When it comes to Butucci, there's another weird one. Uh, because when he joined up, I remember checking with Transfer Market and I couldn't see for the life of me, I couldn't see what kind of contract he signed and uh, how long it uh, it lasted for. You said three and a half years, right? For for Zimir Butucci, yeah, three and a half years when he three, signed in January. Three, three and a half years. And when he joined Olympiacos, <laughs> he was barely part of the squad for important games, unlike uh, unlike Canos, unlike Sergi Canos. So it seemed like there's a guy who probably didn't show enough during training, uh, was surplus to requirements since day one, wasn't liked by Mitzel enough. Maybe there was an agent thing involved. I shouldn't be speculating, but it was obvious that there was something about this guy since the beginning that just didn't fit uh, with, the, with, 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 with the last three managers' requirements. That's Anigo Mitzel and now Diego Martinez. When it comes to Zinker Nagel, it's such a shame because he is such a good player and a top professional. Like you mentioned, yeah. this is absolutely true. There, there's nothing lazy about this man. Absolutely nothing lazy about him. Uh, I never really understood though why Philip Zinkernagel joined Olympiacos because there's a guy who's a right forward. That is quite a niche position. And it seems to me this is the kind of position that fits teams that play a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3. Whereas Olympiacos have been playing 4-2-3-1 since 2008. Very big on that number eight, on number 10. So it was a bit strange bringing him in here. Maybe Pedro Martins wanted to play a 3-4-3. And that's where he thought, hey, you know, this guy could help me a lot. And he was our best player against Maccabi Haifa, at least in Israel. Nobody was our best player in, at Kareskakis. Such a weird thing there, because I don't really get why he jumped. He's a great player, and many teams would be very lucky to have him, Olbiakos included. But Olbiakos' style. Help me on this one, Ari. Why did he join Olbiakos exactly? That, that's a Pedro Martin signing right there. He saw something he valued in the second division. The When I did the deep dive on Philip Zinkernagel, I, I kind of brought this up. I, I did get inconsistent, what I call inconsistent Fortuny's vibes. And mm -hmm. I saw what the value was, what I think what I think Pedro Martins liked in the player. The The problem was, you know, we, we kept buying a lot of these inside wingers, number 10 players, and we, we didn't really build a balanced lineup. We didn't bring in different players. and diff We kind of were bringing a lot of the same player to play different positions, if that makes any sense. And Philip can't, he can play left wing. He played left wing for Standard Liege last season, and he was brilliant there. What was we, their we formation? What was their formation? Uh-huh. Uh, that's a good question. I have to bring that up. I don't remember that. I think it was 4-4-2. I think Costa said that. Guys, help us on the comment section, especially people watching the Belgian League. Just Because I think it was a 4-4-2, and uh, Philip was up front as the left, as the left or right attacker. He was usually on the left side. Yeah, here. I can, um, I can pull it up. I don't remember um, exactly, but I can have it pulled up for you in a second. But anyway, uh, the, the whole point is that he, even though I think he had mentioned before that he prefers to play on the right, and you know some of his best games at in Nottingham Forest were on the on the right. He can he can play that left side. He can, but again, the system has to be. You have to know the player's strengths and know how to play him in those systems. So looking at Standard Liège right now, they played they did they played three four three four four two. 
variations of three four three. But there you go, three four three four four two. So and that's what I said in the beginning. That's yep. like that's the kind of formation he he fits in. Olympiacos yep. don't do that. No, at, at least not currently. So in in that, but I, I will say this, and we'll get into this later. Uh, the context of the four four two, I think he could have worked in, but I think maybe we already have players that kind of fill roles like that, which is perhaps probably Martinez or doesn't see him as a player of value. We also know that Martinez is very strict on the system and players adhering to that. If Philip is unable to, to perform the, we'll say the, the harder work within that system. Maybe that's a thing that Diego Martinez is like, nope, sorry. If you can't, if you can't handle the running and, and doing all this, I don't care as much about your skill on the ball as much as you being able to cover distances and, and follow the scheme. Maybe that could be it. We've seen that before, but uh, we, I, I, I still believe and that it has a lot more to do with maybe Philip, maybe the wound not being repaired. Mm-hmm. more so than, you know, and him wanting to stay in Belgium where he had a great season and just staying with that. I think it has a little bit more to do that personally than anything else, but that's just my opinion. I just, like I said, I, first of all, can you hear me well? Cause I hear a man says there's an issue with my, uh, with my microphone. Um, it was crackling a little bit earlier, but it seems better to me now. Okay, cool. Let me know if there's a problem with that I'm going to buy a microphone guys. I'm really sorry about this. I will get that sorted. Uh, very important. Uh, when it got, like I said about Zinkan, like, he's a very good player, really good player. But I just never saw how he fits Olympiacos. It's like bringing a number 10 to Real Madrid, it's just not going to work with a 4-3-3 they like to play. It, it, which is why you saw players like Isco failing. You saw players like Mesut Ozil falling out of favor. You saw James Rodriguez after the World Cup. I'm not talking James Rodriguez now. After the World Cup where he was one of the you know, top five best players of that tournament in 2014. That's not the kind of system that really doesn't matter how, how good of a number 10 you are. You're not going to fit at Real Madrid. And I feel like it's the same kind of thing with Philip Zinkernagel. He plays a certain position and he fits a certain format that he couldn't have played with how Olympiacos played. I cannot remember Olympiacos playing a 4-4-2 since Takis Lemonis uh, back in 2007, the latest. I don't know. Do you remember us playing 4-4-2? When was the last no. time we played? 3-4-3, three, no. three, Pedro Martins tried it, and it failed spectacularly. So, great player, but didn't fit. Didn't fit, didn't fit the way Olympiacos like to play, the format. Right. And funny enough, Pedro Martins preferred playing 4-4-2. I remember the, the, summer, the summer that we brought in Tequino, mm-hmm. he tried 4-4-2 in those friendlies. So... That that was his preferred formation, but we didn't have the personnel to run it. At least that was the the byline. Uh, a couple of comments coming in here, Costa, before we move on mm-hmm. uh, to Absolutely. the next segment. Uh, Iron Man seventeen eighty nine has a couple of comments. A lot of last year's transfers were made with no plan. Probably all of them. We got lucky with Wong, Rodine, and Bakambu. Do we know who was responsible for the transfers last year? Yes, we well, do, but I don't want to say names because I, right. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The for sure, the it wasn't just that there was no plan. There was just a lot of chaos, and we were making signings during the chaos without a lot of input from from coaches. Then coaches were bringing their own players and just added to the turmoil. Kwong was a player that we knew was going to be a great player. That was he mm-hmm. was standout 
similarly with Bakambu, like we knew Bakambu would have impact. In the winter, I'm going to say that there was more of a plan than there was in the summer. We knew there there were specific things that we knew we needed. And in in guys like Rodine, we knew exactly what we were looking for. Uh, overlapping fullback, somebody that was going to help us get forward. So I would argue that it was more of a, a policy change from the summer to the winter. Um, but yeah, that we can't go too much further into that. We don't uh, want to get sued. Yeah. Uh, a, a comment here from SL. Do we have any other striker besides El Arabi? Do we still own Hassan? Hassan's hurt, buddy. That's why you're not no, hearing. He had good. a he had a knee ligament injury. So right now, technically, the only the only striker in the first team is El Arabi. We do know that um, a lot has been said about Costulas, uh, and yeah. then we have Algasimba coming back. Uh, he was at Afcon U23. So uh, we have, um, but Brusai also played as a striker for Willem and the Greek national team under the, the, the John Van Schiep, and we have Pepe right. who can play as a false nine. I've said it in this show when we were discussing possible lineups we would like to see. Guys, I wouldn't mind at all seeing Pepe starting as a false nine throughout the entire season, cause the only the only show on YouTube and in general that has mentioned this. Where did Pepiel do do best in, at Copenhagen, Ari? What he he did his best as a false niner behind the striker. Exactly. There you go. So why not play Pepiel as a false nine? I really don't get that. I'm tell. I I brought this up when we did the analysis of Martinez. He doesn't he doesn't do the false nine. Like that's not something he did very often. So that I don't. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just. Uh, it's just not something that he's he's used to using. It's not something that maybe he does experiment with it. Who knows? We'll find out maybe going on in the season. Doesn't but, show um, in the friendlies, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, Costa, moving moving on from those three players that we discussed uh, in this next segment, I thought that it was important. We discussed the three players that are on the cut list, but I think it's a good idea that we kind of revisit who has left the club and who mm-hmm. is supposed to leave the club because mm-hmm. we know that there's a lot of sales and and offloading that needs to be done to to really fuel the transfer kit that's going to happen in august we know it's going to be a busy august with the wages we've saved with the sales that we have to make so before we kind of talk about the status of the roster and the things that we've seen in the friendlies i think it's really important that we look over and discuss the departures that have been made so right here i've got the list of departures that have these guys have officially left the club or have been transferred elsewhere. Henry Onyakuru, who we know the the buyout with Adana Demirspor has been triggered, three and a half million. He's been purchased. Mamadou Kane has been sold into Cyprus for one million. So that's four and a half million from those two players. We were unable to keep Bakambu. He was he signed for I, I believe it was a club in Qatar. And then he ends Al-Nasser, up cutting the, Qatar, or, yes. That's correct. Yeah. Qatar. The other Al Nasser, everyone thought it was Saudi Arabia in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then he that contract ended up getting cut. I've seen two different stories about why. One was about the player not wanting to be there. The other was about the club thinking he didn't didn't deserve to be there, wasn't training well. So they cut him immediately. And he ends up getting sold for about 900000 to Galatasaray, where he will be a backup. Interesting with Cedric Bakambu. Uh, perhaps in the end, we uh, dodged a bullet there. Uh, who knows? Uh, we have Christensen may, backup. May I, may, may I, sorry about Bakambu because I think this is important. My, uh, my colleague, uh, 
friend and former guest of uh, Gate 7 International, Yoros Tsanakas of Sport FM, has informed me that, uh, Olibi- that uh, Olympiakos offered Cedric Pakambu a contract worth 1.5 million euros per year plus bonuses that would have taken the whole fee up to 1.8 million euros per year or even 2 million euros. Uh, Galatasaray have signed him for 1.3 million per year. Yep. Olympiakos were going to pay him a minimum one and a half million, and he turned that down to go to Al Nasser. Unbelievable. What What can you say, man? It's unfortunate. Unacceptable. I never say that. I've never, I've never, I've never slammed a player, an Olympiakos slash former Olympiakos player in the show ever before. I've never done that until today, until tonight. Mercenaries, man. What? There's nothing you can do. This is the mercenary players. That that that, it is what it is. Um, The next, the next player, and I didn't join the Kostas Lucas bandwagon after he joined (laughs) Panathinaikos as well. I also didn't do that. That's true. The um, uh, the next person, the next uh, player that left was backup goalkeeper Christensen. He mm-hmm. signed for Kifisia. His contract wasn't renewed, so he went there. We all know about Gitsos. That was an unfortunate one mm-hmm. for for us. Um, Kitsos ended up going to Volos. There, the Volos. fee was not disclosed. We don't know if what they paid or what the situation was. That we just know that he made the move and he is now going to be playing for Volos. The follow and then the following four players that you see there, those contracts were not renewed. Their their contracts ended July first, and they were not renewed by the club. Jan and Vila, Socrates, Papastathopoulos, Casami, um, uh, and of course Matthew Valbuena. These are all guys that are not were not part of the scheme. Some older veteran players, some of which we knew were not going to be a part of the club. Uh, a couple of comments here. Uh, I saw somebody had a question about Casami. Why we even brought him in? <laughs> Again, uh, <laughs> we could talk about that, but uh, we don't want to get in trouble. But anyway, Yana Vila Socrates Papasathopoulos, that's about $5 million in wages we save from those two players. They were both on very big wages. Regardless of what, what your view was on Yana Vila, whether we needed him or not, or Socrates, we know that those guys, um, we know that those guys are, uh, they were big wages. So that save, that wage saving should help us at least for the expenditures in August. Casemiro and Valbuena weren't on big wages, but again, um, they really weren't used very much. Valbuena is a guy we showed some stats for. When he was on the field, he had production, even if it was in few minutes. But again, saved us a wage. He wasn't making much money, but these wages are saved. And these are the official departures of the club. The other official one is Nemanja Nikolic. I know he's a B-team guy. That's why I didn't put him on the list. But he... he um, he has signed elsewhere as well. Um, I already forgot the the club that he signed for, but I can pull it up here. Me too. Um, uh, but anyway, he's gone. That's the whole point of that. Uh, he signed for another club. He's not going to be a part. I know a lot of people were kind of excited about him potentially being a right-back option, but he is not. Uh, we have a question here, Costa, about the... Hanya. Uh, he plays for Hanya. Hanya, that was it. Thank you, in the yeah. second division. Uh, Costa's Dr- Levoyanis is right now. There you go. Maybe Costa can see him and say hi. Yorgos <laughs> um, uh, Mustaka. So we don't own Kitos anymore. Thought he went on loan to Volos. Yorgo, we we were told that that it was not a loan. Uh, we were told that that was a transfer. Yeah, um, that's what I understand. That's well. the that's the information that we have. 
uh, Ben DeRosa. We should try and sign Taxi Funtas. This United want to sell him. This guy's got uh, a lot of drama around him. Um, yeah, no. I don't. Uh, he wasn't even in the All Star team, and the All Star team sucked. Yeah, it's yeah, guys. I I don't think you we we don't really want players that have a lot of drama around them. We already dealt with that once with Semedo, and look what happened. So, yeah. just where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So let's probably want to stay away from that. But Costa, what do you what do you make of these departures? Uh, this is what we have so far, and we're going to go through the slated for departure. So mm-hmm. there's four and a half million that we know we've gotten from these departures. Plus, if we're not, if we're only considering Jan Villa and Socrates, that's five million in wages we're saving from those two players. We've got four and a half million plus these other players. Is this enough to do anything in August, or does more need to be done? Well, I think more pe- more, more players are going to have to be. Uh... To be sold, like you got your Madika Maraz in there, you got your Ole Grabchuks, you got your uh, Papa Busi says, you got your Hussein uh, Baz in there as well. Uh, Olympiacos are not really the kind of. We haven't seen Olympiacos making a big sale since. When was the last time Olympiacos made a big sale? I think that was uh, Daniel Podence, I think, last time Olympiacos made a significant sale. Uh, well, I mean, you know, in terms of money. Simikas. Simikas, yes, that's right. Actually, yeah, it was it was Costa Simikas who left like six months, four months later after then the Daniel Podence. Uh, yeah, well, more we're, we're gonna have to see more players going because the, the team is still inflated. I see you you have a, an amazing uh, graph uh, up there. Uh, Butucci seems to be leaving. Zinkenagel seems to be leaving. Zinkenagel could bring in a sweet fee right there. Uh, Butucci, like you said, he could go out on, out on loan. Pepe needs to be sold. Kunde, it's so unfortunate that this, what the Greek media reported, that if, uh, what was the team again? Bochum. If Bochum had stayed up in the Bundesliga, they'd have to buy him and turned out to be fake news. Matika Mara, I can't see him staying. Something tells me that the player doesn't want to be there, just like Zinkernagel. So he must be sold. There's a lot of interest from Italy. Uh, Abdullaye Dabo, he didn't even make the squad, so you got to sell him. There's talent there. You could get a sweet fee there, maybe even from Greece. Maxi Lovera, and Lazar Radzelovic, those smell like loans, especially Lovera. But Radzelovic could get you a could get you a good fee. There's another fake news from the Greek media about him uh, supposedly joining a Russian team. I don't even remember their name. Uh, yeah, I don't remember their name. AK47, what a joke. I mean, maybe just sell him to Aris right there. Uh, I don't know of any team that's looking to buy him right now. Fatiga, that's quite an interesting one because. He wasn't bad at Ionikos. He wasn't bad. I, I believe Olympiacos could explore something just like with Dabo. But yeah, if it doesn't if it doesn't work out, just you gotta sell. Gary Rodriguez. Well, injury after injury after injury. He's such a good player. He is a good player, but way too many injuries. And Olympiacos need consistency there. Yeah, yeah. Olympiacos will have to will have to raise funds because they missed out on the Champions League for the third season in a row. That is, uh, that's going to create some financial issues right there, uh, which is why Olympiacos are going for, uh, currently at least, are going for, uh, for, uh, for good deals. What, what's the word I'm looking for there? Bargain deals, that's, what mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. So if they manage to make it to the Europa League with the players they pretty much got now and a couple of more bargain deals after that, then you use that money to bring in something from... Closer to the top shelf. But in general, in terms of Olympiacos' transfer activity, in terms of bringing players in, 
I can't say I'm totally disappointed. I'm, I'm not disappointed with how Antonio Cordon is handling things. Might be a bit controversial because a lot of Olivia Cos fans have nagged about what about a Cordon's transfer activity. But in terms of players going, I feel like we're on the right track in the sense that players are leaving, but we're going to have to do more. Like, look at all those players slated for exit. Pretty much all of them need to go. All of those players I see right there, they pretty much all need to go. And the only the only exceptions I can see is players like Dabo and Fatiga that I would still like to explore some more. At least give them a, give them on loan and give them an opportunity next season. Uh, I would love to have Madika Mara for the qualifiers if he's serious about it. But I would also add Papa Busise and Hussein Uba there on the uh, slated for exit uh, graph. And I don't see something tells me Joao Carvalho is not going to last for the whole season. We'll see. Um, Costa, before I go a little bit deeper into the the slated for exit, uh, I wanted to touch on this comment because it's something we've talked about in a couple of shows now from Ziguel. Uh, guys, no money, no honey this year. As simple as that, Marinakis apparently has other priorities. Uh, we've talked about, I've talked about a couple shows ago, and it's, we brought it up on a few shows since, that it's not about what Marinaki can and cannot do. The guy has injected eight figures in terms of millions of euro into the club. Three straight seasons, this guy has put in his own money, 10 million, 15 million, 10 million again, uh, uh, to share equity increase to cover losses. The club has been losing money. Three seasons straight, the club has lost money, and he's covered those losses himself. This has nothing to do with him. There are new rules that kick in this year regarding what we can spend on wages. Remember, I told you guys, we brought it up on social media, and I told you guys, Lambro, I know, brought it up as well on uh, in one of the shows. There is a squad wage-to-revenue ratio that kicks in this season with the new FFP rules. We can only spend 90% of our revenue on employee benefit expenses. So that means all of the wages that are spent, not just on players, this includes backroom staff, cannot be more than 90% of the revenue brought into the club. Now, the club is allowed to make exceptions and, and, and larger estimates when they get into European competition. That's when the owners can come in and supplement their investment to cover, to cover the loss gap. But we do have those restrictions, and it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with how much money – Marinaki wants to put in into the club. He there's only so much he can. We're not like Manchester City or some of these larger clubs that get away with this type of stuff. We're the type of club they come after. Do you see what they've done to the Serie A clubs? Roma, Juventus. Well, Juventus that that's a different, a little bit different story. Inter. Do you see what they've done? And those are bigger clubs than we are. What do you think they're going to do to us? Turkish clubs are getting have, have been getting it as well. They get it repeatedly. You you think you think that we're going to be an exception? No, we unfortunately this is a, a we're we're getting caught in in a situation where we're not guaranteeing Champions League every year. So we have to be on a budget until we can get that success back. So this is the this is the name of the game. This is the situation. It is what it is. Why it happened. I could explain to you guys for hours why that why this has happened, but this is stuff we've talked about in previous shows. It's a big mess that Cordon has to sort out. But 
kind of going into some of these players, Gosta, well, you already brought... I'd just like to add that this uh, this was an amazing analysis. And I need to add, if Marinakis doesn't care about Olympiacos, not, I mean, forget about the fact he's, he spent eight figures on the club in the last three seasons from his own money to make up for all the losses that were created. Mm-hmm. Why would he pay all that money to bring in Antonio Cordon as a sporting director? One of the... What, one of the biggest names in Spain. Why would he pay all that money? And you know what, Marnakis, like we said, he's not gonna, he's not gonna barge into Antonio Cordon's office and tell him, okay, you get, you, you get your ass out of this chair and bring me this, this player. No, Cordon is gonna tell Marinakis which player Olympiacos needs. We've said it before here, guys. Only one person is above Antonio Cordon, and that's Vangelis Marinakis. All the other names, give me, give me a name at Olympiacos' hierarchy. Any name. Guess what? They're below Antonio Cordon. That's why Vikelis Marnakis brought him in. He brought him in to, 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 to sort things out. And he's paying a lot of money for him. He did, Cordon is not doing this, this job for peanuts, guys. He's, he's being paid very well to do this job. Vikelis Marnakis has not abandoned the club. He has not abandoned the club, and he does care. Right. Yeah. Uh, very well put, Costa. But back to the back to the discussion of the players that are slated for departure. You've already gone into a couple of them. Uh, just a couple of other notes I wanted to to remind everybody about the AK forty seven thing. Is um, that's going to be a tough one because we spent, I think it was the reported fee was close to five million, and he's under contract by the way until twenty twenty five. So we still have him for another two seasons. We have to figure out what we're going to do with him. So. Uh, hopefully we can get rid of him, find somebody that's going to take him. That's another wage uh, that we have to get rid of. The, uh, this is a B-team player, which is why I didn't include him on the list. But uh, the the young um, uh, player from the Czech Republic that we signed last summer, Denis Aliagic, we brought him in from Maribor, I, I, I believe. He's only 20 years old. Um, this could be a departure. But the, see, the weird thing with his, and this is the reason... I included him in the slated for exit because we know that he wasn't brought for training. He was one of like the first cuts and he technically is a B team player, but I show his contract as up like, like July 1st. So I found this to be weird. Um, but he still has like Olympiacos in his bios and everything on social media. We've never seen like an official. Yeah. This is an interesting one for me because, um, uh, which is why I include him. So maybe that's another expected departure. You already brought up Gary Rodriguez. Uh, Fadiga, I put there as a question mark because we have not heard anything about Fadiga as far as being cut. But we've we've been here. We haven't heard anything about him. There's been rumors about loans to Ionikos again. Um, mm-hmm. There was a rumor of a loan to France. I think it was to Alger uh, mm-hmm. earlier, but that that was coming out of French media, not Greek media. And he's also under contract till 2026. So maybe this is somebody. I, I this pro, this is a profile I don't see Martinez using. Both him and Dabo. Even though I I think I in the beginning of the window I had told you that I told everybody that I could only see us keeping one. But I was surprised. I'd be surprised if both are gone because they both have talent, and I think it's worth it to keep one. But man, it's. Uh, this whole thing is a mess. And then we didn't even talk about the potential. Well, you brought it up previously, I believe. Oleg. Um, Oleg is, there were rumors. I mean, they really were bustling when Lorient was 
interested. And now after they were acquired Benjamin Mendy, we've really heard the Oleg rumors kind of die down. So mm-hmm. these are all kind of slated for departures, potential fees we can get that can continue to fuel the kit. But we need to have movement on that for it to happen. Um, Kostak, do you see this number of potential exits just growing the further we go into the summer? Or is this about what we're going to see as far as the exits happening, the players that have been cut, and then others coming in? Well, certainly Antonio Cordon and uh, Diego Martinez will want to deal with uh, a smaller number of players within the squad. Uh, so yeah, I could see the uh, the number of exits uh, maximizing, but uh, I wonder what kind of exits those are going to be. Because if you're willing to send more low knees out than Chelsea, then that doesn't really help your cause because it doesn't really help with the uh, finances if you're sharing the burden and the salary with another team. Uh, it'd be much easier if more players left on a permanent basis. I think we're going to see. I think we're definitely going to see more players leaving, though. I mean, we're, I, I would be. I would be shocked if Olympiacos dealt with another inflated squad. Uh, But the question, like I said, is what kind of uh, exits are we going to see? What do you think? Look, I think there, and I'm, there's a lot of comments that in here that are kind of saying the same thing, which are, it's going to, I don't know. I know we're going to try to sell. We're going to get fees who we can get fees from. We're going to try and offload who we can offload, but it's going to be very difficult. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing some players that are kind of just on the periphery this season again. Um, regarding Madi, I brought up in a in a graphic that we posted on social media. Uh, according to Transfer Market, he is our most valuable resource on the team mm-hmm. at 10 million euros. So I know that there's people want him on the team. I'm sure the club want him to kind of reinforce and be a part of the team. I could see him being very valuable in the system. I just don't think he wants to be here. In the and, qualifiers, at least, you know. He has yeah, a reason to be to be important, by the way. So he his does. price could go up. So more he, more teams and better teams could come for him. He does, but he's he. we know that he wants to go. He has said it. It's been reported. He want he wants to go and and do you really want to force a player to stay that doesn't want to be here? No, that affect that's going to affect his performance on the pitch, whether you like it or not. I don't care how much of a professional he is. We'll mm-hmm. see. Look, man, we'll we'll see. It's a ve- this is a mess, and I do not envy Cordon. It honestly, for me, if Cordon can come out of this and get something moving this season. There's no way we keep him here long term because if he can take Olympiacos out of this situation, he's a genius. He is a genius if he can if he can make uh, lemon from lemonade from these lemons, so to speak. Yeah, but I I struggle to believe that a sporting director of Cordon's level didn't know what kind of mess he's getting himself into. 100%. I wouldn't believe that for a second. Like, surely he knew. Because those negotiations were going on forever between Olympiacos and Cordon, which is one of, one of the main reasons why the manager took so long to arrive, which is one of the reasons why the signings are taking too long. Is because those th- th- that back and forth uh, took forever right there. And I'm telling you, Ari, if, I, I told this to Labros uh, the other day when he was all like, oh, touch wood on this, touch wood on that. Dude, if we if we read a headline from Kotsis, a, a midnight tweet from Kotsi saying Antonio Cordon has left Olympiacos, that's a disaster right there for Olympiacos. Yeah. There's there's 
chat is having a great discussion here. Um, uh, I mean, a lot of talking points that we brought up. <laughs> this one from Adi's P has me laughing. Kodotone using the Japanese method of firing by having the cut players do nothing until they just quit and get released out of shame. That made me laugh a little bit. But a lot of discussion about um, Cordon, who's coming in, um, and you know, you know what, Costa? I think I think one one of the best things that we can do right now is we've just discussed the departures and who's slated for departure. Now let's let's take a look at the current roster status. We've signed two players with a third. In the airport, he's going to be announced, it looks like, tomorrow. Freire. 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 I brought him up briefly. The deep dive guys is coming mm-hmm. out. But we brought in already a six. We have Vicente Ibora. And we also brought in a, a backup, a backup fullback who may or may not play left back, depending what happens with, with Oleg. But for the moment, a Kini. backup a backup right back, Kini. And then, or Queenie, uh, as I accidentally called him, uh, off, yeah. off the air. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Freire. So we've addressed two of the three major needs that were outlined in the beginning. We needed quickly a center back, quickly a defensive midfielder, and the third, which we haven't gotten yet, is a striker. There's a lot of names that have been um, there's a lot of names that have been thrown around, but we've got nothing. Some players that we were linked with have signed elsewhere. And interestingly enough, of those three positions, we had done a poll on uh, the last show I was on. We did a poll asking, even on social media, asking people, who did we need to sign first? What position needed to come in first? Hmm. And most people said, social media as well as on the live show, that striker is what we needed to bring in first. And that, funny enough, is the position of those three that were outlined that we're bringing in last. And now we we are at a point here. So we, we have three signings brought in. There's... Nine players that have left. We know that double that, more than double, are, are going to probably end up leaving. Based on the cuts that we've seen, we now need, we now still have not signed a striker ahead of the qualifiers, but now we need two more wingers because both two players that played as wingers are gone. And I said that before the Servette game, you need, you need a center back, you need a number six, you need a striker and a winger. I was so I, I brought that up in previous uh, previous and shows. that was then and now we now mm. there's two more that are out of the depth chart and we need to sign so now we need more signings that have to come in and guys look we, we've already brought up that August is going to be very busy August will be very busy we know that Cordon mm. has has made it very clear that strongly hinted that yeah he's strong and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't look like the kind of man that talks out of his ass very often. Right. And we, he know, he said the best deals are coming out of August and, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, what's going to happen, but I'm going to continue. This is a message we've been saying a lot, which is have patience, trust the process. And remember guys, the value proposition that Olympiacos has to some of these players is not what it used to be. Yeah. We are going to, we are digging for, for, we have to dig deep to find to find some of these gems. We have to dig deep to find what we're going to find. Early on we're just plugging holes. And a lot of you panicked ahead of my analysis on Ibora, Kini, and now Freire. You guys have panicked, panicked, panicked and we're going to get into your anxiety 
about the friendlies and stuff later, but you've panicked about these signings. Ibora and Kini, I they're old. I get it. They're slow. Well, Ibora at least is slow. I get it. But these signings made sense. They, they're filling a hole. They're filling a gap. Neither one of these are going to be the primary signings for those positions moving forward. They address the gap. Rodine, as it stands, is the starter at right back. Kini is his mm-hmm. backup. Kini is only playing a major role, a starting role, if Oleg leaves on the left side. That's the only context where I see that happening. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I will admit that 100%. Freire makes sense. And I will, when you guys watch the deep dive, you'll understand the full context. He's a left-footed center back. We told you guys all the rumors about right, right-footed center backs being linked. We needed a left-footed center back because we didn't have one. Whether or not we'll, he will be an actual starter throughout the course of the season. Oh, boy. Costa. The, the Ramon, your your Ramon trolling is is back. Man, I guys, I miss Lambro's Lambro not so here. <laughs> Lambro's, Lambro's not is here. not here, but tweet him. But 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 do make sure to tweet him about that because he's out on a date right now, and he will love to read all those messages during his date. Uh, so the, we'll, and we'll see that the 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 Fred. I, I will get in t- for the deep dive. You guys will hear the full analysis, the value proposition with him. I, I assess the risk of every player that comes in. Um, uh, I, we already have a question here from Ziguel. Uh, I, I get into all of that, buddy. I will get on to that. The, the loan with the option to buy, I, I address But this. to answer the question really quickly, it's a yes. Like, and this not, is a yes, no that's correct. It's a yes, yeah. That we'll is a yes. yes. And I address, I address the risk level, the value proposition. I, you will see that in the deep dive. Any questions, you can always... But these these are just very specific needs. The 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 and unfortunately, and I God, I hate saying this, Costa. I've said it on both deep dives, and I'm gonna say it again on this one. These signings are going to be judged fully at the end of the window when we see what else we've signed. And that's the annoying part because I hate doing that. I've never had to do that for these deep dives, but we have so many holes, and this rebuild is just so it's just so massive in terms of the the scale of the project that has to be rebuilt part of the part of the verdict can't really be done for especially these guys these stopgap signings until we see what comes in because if they're just that rotation stopgap signings then it changes the outlook entirely if they are just stopgaps and rotation slash depth option it's there this is a different talking point yeah uh well i said it before that i'm not disappointed with those signings probably a controversial uh statement because those players that have come in they are cordon slash martinez kids they're not just some manager or because they're not doing favors to agents right now. They're not doing. Uh, they're not on the phone right now with George uh, Mendes as uh, they were in previous transfer markets. Uh, Vicente Bora, Villarreal hero, uh, wasn't didn't play for Villarreal while Cordon was there. Cordon left, but it's very, it's very likely that Cordon had a little fiddle in his old address book right there. Figure out, you know, I know this guy from Spain. I'm looking into bringing players from Spain. I've seen him play. I know I know his CV. He brought him in. 
Kini and Kini, a Granada kid, uh, who was played mostly as a backup, but he proved to be, in Greece we call them soldiers, and that's what he was, like he was the kind of guy that got into the pitch and he left it all in there, he's very hard working, uh, and at least as a backup he showed he could play that role pretty well, so, and this is what he is, he's, he's a Ramon's backup right now. Uh, Carlos Neva, because people have mentioned him, he hasn't signed for Olympiacos, that's true. No. Uh, but uh, he was also uh, Martinez's kid in, at Granada, and he played really well right there. He he proved he showed a lot of value there. I know from my sources that he is better than Ole Grabchuk. Uh, he 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 would bring value down uh, at left back. This whole thing seems to have gone cold. It seems because we haven't heard anything about him uh, ever since it seemed like he was coming to Olympiacos. So I'm not sure what's going on right there right now. And when it comes to Freire right now, well, uh, I did mention in the show that uh, that uh, Cordon is not just looking uh, for players in Spain. I mentioned he's looking in Latin America. I've specifically said Argentina. Well, now we got Mexico. And well, there's a, there, there's a center back who barely missed any minutes with Pumas last season. He barely missed... And he minutes. He played pretty much every minute of last season in Mexico with Pumas. Plus, there's very little risk right there because he's on loan. So if it doesn't work out, uh, he leaves in the summer, maybe even the, maybe even in January. Uh, uh, Dimitri Saradakis uh, made a very good uh, point that uh, Servet or Genk are like 15 days away, and if something happens to El Arabi. Who plays a striker? Vrusai could. Vrusai could and Biel could, but it seems like Dego Martinez doesn't rate them highly enough for that position. Costa, I've been looking at this comment from Dimitri for like, like the last couple of minutes because I the, the anxiety, like I can feel the anxiety from from the from the audience from the fans i feel it like i feel it he's right he's right i mean and he's right there it's crazy how fast these are these are creeping up on us and and we're very thin we're cutting players the the title of the show is you know there's transfers out but who's coming in you know we're, we're very we're getting we're thin we're getting players out but Who's going to be playing for us when when push comes to shove? I look. I if we do end up if we do end up playing against Servet, I think I still believe you know. Knock on wood, El Arabi doesn't get hurt. I believe we have the quality to get past Servet. I. If we, if we if we can't get past a team like Servet, Genk I think is a is a better quality team than Servet. I'd be more worried if we're playing against Genk. But if we can't get past Servet, we have a serious inward look to, as a club that we have to to make. It's going to be way worse than Maccabi last season. That's going to be way worse. It could even create issues for Cordon and Martinez. It I would, am not but... joking. No, yeah. I mean, look, I, I believe 100%. I mean, look, anybody that takes the reins of Olympiacos is going to be on a short leash, especially like this. Um, I believe it 100%, especially when you're restricting access, uh, as much access as as insiders and and media have had in the past, and they're trying to make like a bigger bubble. There, There's a lot on the line for them. And all it takes is one bad result for 
for this to go very sour very fast. And I the somebody had brought up that they think a, a center forward is coming in the next few days. That wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it's like a week ahead of time. Um we get uh we get somebody coming in uh at least as a, a stopgap, maybe if it's not the day in, day out starter. You know, at the very least, you know, you know what, Costa? Maybe, maybe we can address the, the status is pretty simple. I'm not gonna beat over a dead horse how many positions we need. We know how many positions we need. Maybe we maybe we try to address some of the anxiety with the the discussion of the the friendlies, right? We can discuss mm-hmm. some of the patterns, what we've seen, because regarding the striker, um I think El Arabi is is looking kind of turn the clock back a little bit maybe yeah. a year or so he looks way better to me he looks a little bit more fit um i'm more comfortable especially if we bring a backup i'm a little bit more comfortable from this point with eladabi at least for qualifiers than i would have been this same time last year or any time last year for that for that part mm-hmm. um the another thing is, I, and I don't know if this is something that you agree with, but I've been looking through the friendlies a lot. I've been going through replays, footage replays from Y Scout, and I've noticed a couple of patterns. I've seen, I've seen us, except for the the most recent friendly against Sabah. I've noticed that we we're tinkering right now with a couple of formations. One, four, two, three, one. We've seen that a couple of times. And one. we've seen like a a four four two, but it's more like a four four one one. We've seen that we didn't really see that against Sabah, but maybe that's because of how hectic things were. But we've seen some, we've seen those patterns. We've seen that Pep Biel, when he can go inside, looks good. When he's stuck outside, does not look so good. Corvallo looks has looked pretty good surprisingly in the friendlies you already brought up you don't know how long that's going to last we'll see uh Rodine I know people were making fun of Lambro when he said it but he did have a point um uh, Ramon it's Ramon I mean Ramon sorry Rod, uh no 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 I'm talking about Rodine getting exposed yeah. that part um Rodine is against teams that are a little bit more put together and can press us a little bit higher up and 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 punch harder, we'll say, especially on the counter. Rodine has to be careful how far he gets forward. That part scares me a little bit. Rodine, when he came in, was a breath of fresh air because we didn't have overlapping fullbacks when he came in. We didn't. We had Adruzos and we had what we had. No, and and you of course had Oleg on the other side who doesn't really over, or who wasn't overlapping yeah. a lot last season. So that is a little bit of a concern for me this season. Maybe something we didn't focus on a lot. But I still believe, based on what we've seen from the friendlies, the four-two-three-one is not convincing to me under Martinez. I don't know. I don't know why. But every time the every time we see us play the four-two-three-one in the second half of the first friendly, things started to get a little bit disheveled. The the I believe it was the first the first half against um, Norgelan. Is it my pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Nordzeland. Yeah, the first half we looked very suspect. We switched to the four four one one, looked a little bit better. The four four one one, we kind of sat a little bit wider. The the mids were hanging just a little bit deeper. It's 
I believe Martinez knows what he's going to use. We're just trying to get out some of the trash in the friendlies. The tests really are coming up against Norwich and Fra- and uh, Rangers. Rangers, yeah. That's really going to tell us a lot about about the club and and what's going on moving forward. But I still believe wholeheartedly. Again, assuming we play Servette, uh, <coughs> Gank, I'm a little bit more scared of. But I think as it stands, we bring one. Uh, we bring the center forward in the the immediate need. I am I am comfortable. You can never be fully comfortable, right? But I think we have the quality at least to get into the 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 playoff stage. That's how that's how I see it. It is. Um, it's still a very tricky situation. One thing I wanted to add is I I struggle to believe Antonio Cordon would have joined Olympiacos without guarantees about his position. In the sense of, you know, hey, you know, if Olympiacos don't win the league on my debut campaign, you're not going to fire me. Because everyone, everyone knows how trigger-happy Michaelis Marinakis is. That's something that they talk a lot about in England uh, as Nottingham Forest owner, that he's trigger-happy and how shocked they were that he didn't sack Steve Cooper mid-season, last season. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, Olympiacos are not ready right now. I've said it before in the show. Nobody knows how the lineup is going to look uh, this coming season, not even Diego Martinez, because uh, everything has been delayed because of uh, the late arrival of Antonio Cordon, the late arrival of Diego Martinez. Uh, you said it really well. The next couple of friendlies with Norwich and Rangers are going to determine a lot as to how, we're, uh, as to how we look. But Olympiacos are going to need two important additions uh, before, they, um, before they go to, uh, to the Servet or Genk. Batches. One of them is the striker. The other one is Freire, making sure Freire is ready. Uh, and I've said it again, Olivia, because you're going to need a winger, because now you're telling me 4 4 one, one. That's, that, that formation needs powerful wingers. That needs explosive wingers uh, to make it work. Uh, if Olivia Costa play 4 2 3 1, which, as you correctly said, Olivia Costa looks suspect when they play 4 2 3 1, where does that leave Fortunis, really? Because Pepiel is not going to be used as a number 10. We understand that, even though he is much better as a number 10. Where does that leave Fortunis, who is the captain of Olympiacos this season? He's been playing out wide a little bit. But we can't play as with Biel and Fortunis on the wings. We just well, this is, back to the, this is back to the problem we talked about last season. I am waiting to see what happens. I'm waiting to see what happens with uh, with with Diego Martinez and and the system that he implements. And specifically, I'm kind of waiting to reserve judgment because uh, I, I, I agree with part of a comment here from Dimitri Saradakis because I believe by September 1st, like in, in the month of August, when we get to this point in September, the team, I believe, after the month of August is going to look vastly different than it is now. Yeah, There's going to be different players brought in. The shape may even change. This is why I'm kind of reserving judgment on this. But, of course, the second part of this, um, the problem is the first match for, for Europa League. Yeah, he's, he's 100% right. But I do believe that by September, this we will have different pieces. That We will have a team in place. I think we're going to have better pieces. I trust that Cordon is going to make, make some good moves for us and we'll at least see, kind of like we did with Pedro Martins, the, the, that the project is being built. I vehemently believe that. And and I think I I, th- I think there I understand why everybody's kind of stressed and I understand the anxiety. I, I just am going to continue to stress patience because I do think that it's going to happen. I just I hope I just hope that we don't end up 
screwing things over before the playoff stage, losing to Servette or Gank in this third round qualifier, whoever it is that we play against, and then the project gets torpedoed. I gotta ask you, I mean, I have a bit crazy about lineups, but let's say Olympiacos don't sign another player until Servette or Gank. How would you start the team, Adi? Oof. I'd rather wait a week and see if we bring a striker before I answer that question. A striker or anyone else. I think let's say four three three. Is that is that a fair is that a fair formation considering Goldberg's played like that a lot last season? We haven't seen that a lot in the friendlies though, have we? I've seen more four two three one, four four one. I don't think four four one one or four four two. I honestly believe at this point we would see four four two. I think I okay, think that's probably let's what say four four two. Let's say Pascalak is in goal. Rodine on the right, Reabchuk on the left. Center back, Freire with Cisse. If you believe Cisse is going to be a part of the team, I'm not sure. I know that they said he's injured. I don't know. I almost put him on the list for slated for departure because it sounded like he was out. I would almost say it's probably going to be Ba. And if, if not, or bought a start the uh because actually ba had a pretty decent end of the season all things considered he did he did so playing next to doi and papastathopoulos as well uh maybe doi next to freire mm, doi doi is much more of a bull but again doi we, we saw doi play kind of center mid in some of these Which is his natural position yeah that's his right natural position it's yeah. yeah it's it's very it's very interesting it's it's uh Honestly, Costa, I'd rather I'd rather save the lineup conversation for next week because we do have a lot of questions actually in the comments that I wanted to touch on. Uh, oh, first ahead. and first and foremost, and and Costa, um, maybe you want to answer this question from Manos G Seven. Uh, he says, Adi, quick question. Is there any way Cordon does not know where he works and who Olibiakos is? <laughs> I've seen the comment of him thinking that with, Sp- with Spain B players, or Spain, I guess, I'm assuming Segunda players, we will achieve our targets. And I'm also a bit worried about that, to be fair. Gosa, what do you, what do you well, say? Well, he asked you. I'm telling you to answer the question. Okay, cool. Well, I mean... When, when Ernesto Valverde joined Olympiacos, did he know much about Yorgos Delicaris? Did he know much about Yorgos Sideris? Did he know much about Marton Bukovi? Because, I mean, that question, does he know what Olympiacos, who Olympiacos are? Well, did Valverde know what, about Olympiacos' identity? He's a professional. He is a man who has spent his entire life dedicated to football. He took. He he was one of the main main reasons why Villarreal rose to prominence, both in La Liga and Europe, even the Champions League. So, if we go out looking for sporting directors and giving them a quiz as to you know, hey, you know, uh, so who scored in uh, who scored for Olympiacos in the four-one win against the Panathinaikos at Leoforos in two thousand and one. We're not going to find a lot of candidates this way. What you need is a professional who knows what he's doing. Uh, it doesn't sound great bringing players from the Segunda División. I get that, but the Segunda División is more competitive than the Greek Super League. It's not as competitive as the championship in England, but it is more competitive than the Greek Super League. Don't underestimate the Segunda División, guys. 
uh, you'll be surprised with the kind of players that, are, that, that, that could come in from that league. I could have seen a team like, I think Pauk would have struggled in the Segunda División. I'm not going to say Panathinaikos Olympiakos Haik, but I think Pauk would have struggled. Aris would Aris could have Aris would have would have struggled for survival if they were in Segunda División. So let's not completely knock them down. I sincerely believe in Antonio Cordon right now. As I mentioned, this guy's not just going willy nilly. He's not doing favors to agents. Yes, those players from the Segunda División are players that Martinez and Cordon know. I spoke with Gus Poyet, the Greek national man, national team manager. He said it's one thing to bring a player that you saw on YouTube from his clips and he looks banging. You also need to know the personality. And guess what? Cordon knows Ibora. Martinez knows Kini and Neva if he comes over. Can't say much about Freire because I'm not too sure how well they know him. But the first signings, they know those players. They know what they're going to bring on the pitch and outside of it. So let's not knock them down. Guys, Cordon knows what he's doing. He's a very good uh, football director. So he des- the least he deserves from us is, his tr- is, is our trust. What do you think? You're the one who was asked. Um, I, I don't think he's just looking at Segunda B. He's been doing this a long time. I think, I think he's going to do what he said. I think he's going to get us the more the closer to BAM style players that people want to see in August. Mm -hmm. I also, but at the same time, I think, and somebody had mentioned this earlier in the comments, but I think that people also need to temper their expectations as to what a BAM is for us now. You know what I mean? The, the, The level of player, somebody also brought this up earlier, what we're able to spend on players is different now. So the the value, the, the great signings we're going to make are going to be different than maybe what some people are used to and accustomed to. And this is, I think, the, the reality check that is very difficult for a lot of people to make. So... I I believe I believe that Gordon is going to find good. Not everybody will turn out. We know not everybody is going to be successful with us. But I think we're going to see we're going to find some value in some places where maybe we weren't expecting it from. And I'm trusting him. I'm having faith. That's my that's my answer to that question. I would like to touch on some comments. Fanny's X, you're totally wrong. Super League is better than Segunda by definition. Stop this nonsense. Every top tier is better than a second one, regardless of the country. So you're telling me if Real Madrid go down in Segunda División right now, as they are right now with the team they have, they are still not better than Olympiacos because Olympiacos played the Super League. That doesn't make sense. Uh, the championship in England is far more competitive than the Greek League. Olympiacos wouldn't even make the playoffs in the championship if they were playing like they are right now. Gus Drax, I think we should keep in mind that Mr. Cordon could do more high-profile signings for Villarreal, for example, due to better championship and probably higher budget. Well, Gus, thank you for your comment. Uh, The thing is, when Antonio Cordon took over Villarreal, they were not as elite and respected as they are right now, not even close. So he uh, he, he had to work really hard there in the sense that he needed to find value for money and bargain signings. And also... Cordon was very well known for not making elite signings at Villarreal, really. Not, nothing really elite about what he was doing. He wasn't really bringing the big names. He brought in upcoming stars, up-and-coming stars that were fairly unknown at the time. Uh, and another thing, I, I want to ask you something, Ari. 
Did we hear anything about Freire before the deal became, uh, became was finalized? No, there was a Spanish outlet that I think first reported it, and they were the ones that said he was coming first, and then it was following that it was kind of brought up in English. But this has been this has been the the modus operandi of Cordon. He just does stuff, and it and it pops up. None of these names that you hear, some of these random rumors, and this was again. Part of the blog that Costa and I wrote addressed this. We addressed this exact thing. Greek media, for the most part, isn't going to know what's happening until it happens. We're more likely to hear about it from a Spanish source than we are from a Greek source at this point. So there are things that make sense. And when when Spanish media brought it up, it makes sense. It, may, it made sense based on... We know that Martinez is in a pinch. He's, and this is normal. Coaches do this. They look at players maybe that they're more used to. Veterans, too. When you're in a pinch, after COVID, Pedro Martin, Pedro Martins looked for veteran players. After COVID, that first season after COVID summer. So, um, and the on the video on the Villarreal point, he did find a lot of bargain, a lot of bargains with Villarreal, but they do have a bigger budget than we do. Like, let's be honest. No, sure, but they, they, it's not like he went, you know, he went to the Premier League and he was like, okay, let's bring the top ten players of the Premier League. It was, he was bringing up and coming stars. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, that on. that that I agree with a hundred percent. I'm just, but I am pointing out that like their budget, I don't think it's like a stretch to say that uh, their budget is probably double at, at the very least double ours. Even though, you know what I mean. Even though they're like a, they're considered probably like a small town club, but they they probably spend. Uh, here, I can just look really quickly to see what their expenditures are. Yeah, man, they're spending, these guys are spending like 30, last year they spent uh, 30 million, 30 million in one summer. They spent the summer before that. Um, what do we got here? No, absolutely. But obviously yeah. when he took over, they weren't, you know, they weren't giants. Villarreal were not giants. No, yeah, no, you're, and you're right, and you're right, and they're not giants. But yes, this is the, but th that's what he does. He 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 evaluates yeah. some of these talents. But at, at a club like Villarreal, he does have a little bit more resources, at least, to work with. Um, but the the cons the context and the the standing with the budget relative to, I guess, who he's competing with for those signings is is similar. Um, but 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 uh, like you said, that's going to be the mo guys this season, like. We didn't hear anything about Ibora until he signed. We didn't hear anything about Kini until he signed. We didn't hear anything about Freire until he signed. I said it two weeks ago on the show, guys. All those names we've heard, Marcos Andre, Duarte, Rafa Mir, I don't think any one of them are coming to Olympiacos. I think all of the signings, or at least nine out of ten signings Olympiacos are going to make this summer, are going to be players we haven't heard a goddamn thing about until the deal is finalized. So yep. all those names we hear... I mean, I, I loved your your article, Ari. It was amazing, you know, the, the fake news article. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those articles coming from us, folks. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be addressing why we think certain things. And, and we'll analyze why we believe it is fake versus why it is not, or at least if the context isn't correct. We'll continue to do that. Comment here from our good buddy Costa with a C. Everybody go for a swim and keep cool. Cordon is cooking. The The... One of the, the messages from the show, we've said it a couple times now, is patience. Let him do what he's going to do. August, I think, well, we have 15 days, about 15 days until the, the first qualifying match. 
August is coming up. We know great deals are going to happen in August. So everybody just continue. Please have some patience. This this is a mess that needs to be fixed. And it is not easy. And it it was a bit of a mess last summer, but then we kind of deferred the interest. (laughs) Instead of fixing the mess when it was easier to fix, we the interest and we've accumulated that and now we have to fix an even bigger mess on top of it you know what i mean it's one of those things so we we need to have patience guys let let cordon do what he's going to do i personally see this as a you know even if things don't happen the way we want them to this year i really think that we need to go the like see how he does building not just from this year but next year also Regardless what happens this year, I think we need to stay the course and let him continue because this is not a one-season fix. I don't see it that way. I know I know a lot of fans are not patient enough for that, but I can't stress enough that this is I don't see how we fix this whole thing in one season. I don't I don't see it personally. If 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 it happens, it's a miracle. But I don't see how how this can be done in the season. Costa, maybe you maybe you disagree. I don't see how it's possible. I completely agree with you, Adi. Uh, we said this in the show before. This is at least a two-year project here, guys. Uh, Gus, obviously, under, I, I know you support Cordon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's good to debate. It's good to uh, bring to. It's good to question. It's good to question sometimes and create some debates. It's good, it's good to ask questions, is what I mean. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to insist on that. There's no there's no bleeding way Antonio Cordon agreed to come and work for an owner who is trigger happy without guarantees on paper that you know hey you know if if Servet you know punks us out in the uh in the qualifier you're not going to kick me out of the team just like that there's definitely uh guarantees and my Vigilis Marinakis has history of trusting managers and practically giving them the keys of Redis like Ernesto Valverde like Mitzel in his first stint like um, Pedro Martins as well he's doing the same thing with Cordon guys Cordon has power at Olympiacos question here from nolan lidner fox I, I think he might have asked this earlier i meant to get to it and i didn't sorry buddy uh but this is a good question costa if a worse ike could fix in one summer or could fix fix it in one summer then why can't we do you have an answer for that well Ike didn't have to worry about europe that's number one so he had more time to uh to address specific uh to, to, to address their problems and also let's not forget Olympiacos were way worse than they were the season before Ike became uh, suddenly improved. The same went for Pauk and, well, Panathinaikos were... Well, Panathinaikos gave the league away because they didn't make any January signings. Well, they, they made very few January signings. They should have made more signings, which it seems like that's a mistake that they are writing, that they are correcting right now. So it wasn't just Ike getting better. It was a great sense of the competition getting worse. I've said it before, guys. I expect Ike to be exposed in Europe this season, especially at Hagia Sophia. And they're not going to avoid Europe this season, Adi. You do, as you understand, worst-case scenario is Europa Conference League group stages. They're not They're not going to avoid mid-season European games. I think they're going to be insanely exposed this season in Europe, especially at Hagia Sophia. We're going to see European teams coming in and spanking them, my opinion. I I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I'm curious to see how Almeida deals with that. But I will say, I don't think the level of tragedy that they 
had the, the context is different for me for a couple of reasons. First, the the level that they were at when they brought Almeida in, it wasn't a clear tragedy. They had they had some good pieces, and then they brought in more good pieces, and uh, you know Almeida brought in some guys and and just made a system that was that was great. We have to say he did a great job. The, but the context with us is different because we're a club that expects to win the championship every year, right? That adds even more stress to what's already going on. And then add to the fact that we kind of doubled down on the mess we made last year. This past summer, it was a mess when we renewed Pedro Martins again and we let him stay and we didn't say, hey, we need a new project. No, we made the mess worse. So I'm going to make the argument that our mess is a way bigger mess than what Ike had. And to add to that, not only is the mess bigger, but the pressure is worse. The the leash is shorter. The job is going to be much more difficult and harder with all of that together. That's how I see it. That's my opinion on the matter. I think that this is a much a much uh worse case, worse scenario than it was for Ike. That's how I see it. I understand the question. I, I get I, I get where he's coming from with that, but for me, this is a, a much uh, much more difficult proposition. Um, we'll, uh, it's a much it's a much difficult more difficult proposition at least than the Ike job was. Yeah, but I mean, if they start losing at Hagia Sofia in the summer to some European teams that are obviously not going to be Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, Manchester United, how long until a team like Astera Tripolis comes comes into the league and you know? Beats them, I guess, Sophia, after that. Because the, the mystique will be gone. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, because they can't avoid Europe this season, I cannot see them remaining undefeated at, 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 at I guess, Sophia. Or, oh, Paparina, I'm reading you, Dimo Bogordo. Uh, how long are they going to maintain the mystique in Greece? It's already gone by Olymp- Olympiakos, already took away the, the undefeated part. How long until they maintain it against everyone in Greece? Uh, I, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how their first qualifier goes. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. They, I, I'll say this though. I've, I've watched a couple of their friendlies. They don't look bad. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't look bad as it stands. They look better in the friendlies than we do. I'm going to put that out there at the very least, but I think, I think they have to, they're in a position where they definitely have to look better because, they're they're starting their qualifiers, I think, a little bit earlier than we are. So, um, anyway, yeah, we got Coach Zach coming in here. Don't panic. USA Thilo says hello, Zacharias Papa Nicolau, USSF greetings. What's up, man? And yes, the words of patience. Some here, some people here don't like the words of patience. Where is it? Where's this Fanis? We'll have patience, but if nothing big happens, we'll come after you. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Aris, me, both of us, all of us, Olympiacos, Cordon, which is which is you? Uh, you need to tell us, Vani. We need to tell us who's you. You sing you her. It's that. you. It's you. He's not. It's, it's you. you. It, it's you. It's you. We're coming after you. Uh, but I gotta say, like another thing that I don't understand is all the nagging about comp- with the comparisons with. Uh, <laughs> this is a couple comments about that painting. <laughs> It's a nice painting, though, isn't it? Look at it. Uh, Dimitri Saradakis Costa, Semusio <laughs> is uh, you're in a museum. Well, freelance, uh, freelance. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, what, what was what was the job Ben Stiller did that night of uh, night in the museum? 
Yeah, a night at the museum. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I am now. That's uh, I'm trying to make sure everything doesn't come out, come back to life. Uh, I've heard the uh, questions about Lazarus as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not with Lazarus tonight, guys. I'm with another cat called Paco. We love our cats in the family, but Lazarus is with my sister right now. So unfortunately, he can't make a surprise appearance. Costa, there was a question about. Uh, <laughs> I think Picasso says Sparos. Uh, oh, here we go from Spados also. Hey, guys, any news on the Cypriot winger? Do we have any more information about about the, the Cypriot winger we were linked with? I don't uh, aren't think Olympiakos so. fighting it out with Ayek for, uh, for him? That's what I thought. Um, anyway, and I don't think we have any more. were rejected. Olympiakos made a bid that was turned down. Right, that's correct, because they wanted, they wanted more money. I don't... I don't. I don't have any more information on this. Yeah, I don't have any anything else new uh, besides the the earlier reports. So I don't have anything else. Pitas, yeah, with Pitas, yeah. Uh, I I I thought I, I thought Olympiacos made and made a made a bid for him that was turned down. I think uh, Olympiacos are going after him with Aik at the same. I think it's Aik that are also interested in him. Playing for Apollonas Lemesu. Now I'm obviously reading it on my computer. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I didn't have any info on him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really have anything uh, for him. Yeah, neither do I. Also, Costa, we are an hour and a half in. Yep. Um, going to get ready and close up, guys. Hour and a half in. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. We already brought up uh, that there is a deep dive coming. The big deep dive is coming for the... Um, for the new center back that we just signed. So excited about that. Costa, do you have any other news for us? Well, like I said, I feel uh, uh, Olympiacos will, will, is going to be signing a lot of players who they would, uh, that will be coming out of the blue, really. No, no preparation. No Olympiacos are signing, are talking to his agent. No Olympiacos have made the contact with this player, whatever. Uh, patience, obviously, guys. And... Uh, it's like Costa Levoyani said it. Uh, it's more of a putting. It's more of a you know, filling in the urgent parts at Olympiacos right now, and the, the important signings will be coming in August, depending on where Olympiacos are in Europe. But I feel like the uh, the most important signings will be coming in August. Yeah, and uh, Costa, unless you have anything else, I think I think that's about it for us today. I would ask, I would call on all of our fans to tweet uh, Labros uh, and express your love for Ramon. Ah uh, yes, tell him that Captain Ramon is coming, uh, coming in his dreams. <laughs> there you go. Lambro would love it. He loves Ramon. You guys know he loves him. He's a huge fan. Well, boys and girls, this is Gate Seven International by the fans for the fans. We love chatting with you every Sunday. A lot more transfer news coming up. Um, and yeah, we got the deep dive coming out tomorrow. More stuff is coming for you guys later this week. And any new transfers that come in, we'll be sure to have those analyses for you. Patreon, look out for Patreon because that, that is going to be going live. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Take care, guys.